Still pumpkin hang, running with the gang. No need to explain. I pull up and it's They cannot contain me moving through the lane. Every little setback, I step back and then it's None of them can hang, running with the gang. No need to explain. I pull up and it's They cannot contain me moving through the lane. Every little setback, I step back and then it's they tried to put nicks in my armor, but I've been mellow. Back, back oh, the wrong button. Can you believe that on He's on Fire podcast? First time I've ever done that. It's the night that Dan Duarte comes on. Goodness gracious. Anyways, welcome to He's on Fire podcast. We have got the whole crew tonight to talk about the matchup that's going to happen between the Clippers and Pelicans when you look at that score. And then we're just going to talk about how we're feeling about this game moving forward, the confidence level. I know the confidence level of the team is high as all hell. My confidence level, through the roof. 04, 05, remember that? That's down here for me compared to my confidence level here. So let's get into everything that we have to talk about. First and foremost, uh, got the co-host Jay Joyce in the house. We also got Suns fan Randy in the building and our special guest for the night on He's on Fire podcast, Dan Duarte from what coast to coast podcast fanning the flames where else are you at dan whoever else invites me man that's usually what i do just like you guys did. so i appreciate you guys i appreciate you guys having me on it's it's nice man because i love you guys' podcast so thanks for uh thanks for you know giving me the time yeah absolutely and 59 episodes and i haven't screwed up the intro like i did on that one so you know what You've seen a couple of them, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not screwing up like that mostly. So, um, uh, FYI, you are uh, coming in all crackly again. I don't know if you want to just sign out and sign back in real quick. Uh, we're, we're live, so it's all good. And, uh, we'll, we'll keep, keep it going over here, but Randy, I have yet to talk to you about everything that has gone down since the regular season has ended. So let's start this with you. What is your confidence like? Ooh, in this um, Phoenix Suns team for the for the entire playoff run, not just round one. I feel like um, through I feel like right now, as of right now today, it's a probably eight out of ten. And I feel like after we get out the first round, it'll probably go to like maybe ten out of ten, just because, like I said, we'll talk about it a little bit later on. But just I just don't want to see the Clippers. But hopefully, we shall see. We shall see how it goes. Why don't Why don't you want to see the Clippers? Just because. Um, all right. To be completely honest, we all love Monty here. You know what I'm saying? I love Monty. I'll rent the wall from him just like everybody else. But um, I feel like Monty, his biggest thing or his biggest strength is just to get the culture and the chemistry and just all that stuff just, you know what I'm saying, for the team. I don't think that Monty is the best X and O coach out there. And I just feel like Tyron Liu is a very good, very strategical coach. And I feel like even though, yes, he kind of coached him into an L last night against the Wolves because he went small for whatever reasons. Like, you got Carlton Towns with five fouls, and he decides to sit Zubak and Harkenstein for how, like, but, but anyways, but, um, yeah, so I just feel like X and O's wise, I think that Tyron Lue can win that matchup, and I feel like Tyron Lue took it to six last year. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like, I think that the Clippers are pretty deep. But, like, I think that they're deep on, the, like, their last legs. Like, I think that whatever unit – well, I don't know who's all back or, like, how many games Nicholas Batum has been back. I don't know what happened to Luke Kennard and how he fell out the lineup. Um, Norman Powell's probably been back like a couple games. PG's been back a couple games. And I think that they're deep, but, like, they're on, like, the – like, you know what I mean? So, I don't know how, like, their bench is going to look against our bench. So, I'm pretty confident in that. But, like, 
majority of the time, like, you know what I mean? Like they got the starters out there. So that's why I'm not that's why I'm not completely confident. Just because I, I think that Tyron was a good coach. I, and I, I think we had a little bit of karma built up against us to a point as well, too, with the value and a few things. So I, I, I understand that. JJ, I want to hear from you um, right after he, we hear from uh, Dan here. But Dan, hearing uh, Randy say Ty Lue might be a better coach than – maybe not a better coach. You said better <clears throat> X's and O's, guys. Let's let's get that out there. You said better X's and O's, better than Monty. Do, would you agree with that? Are you – Worried about a potential matchup with a possibly better coach? No, it's going to be a sweep. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Randy. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Look, man, Tyron Louis—he's a good coach. He's won a championship, right? But he won that championship with LeBron James. LeBron James. Um, let, let's not make any coming through a half a year, by the way. Right. So it's just like he's—he's he's a good coach, like you said, very good at X's and O's. He did a great job this year managing injuries. However, he is not a better coach than Monty Williams, man. He's just not. Um, and he's definitely not a better leader than Monty Williams. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. Yeah, I don't think he's um, a better leader. So I feel like Monty Williams doesn't get enough credit as an X's and O's coach just because he has that leadership. Everybody thinks leadership, right? Everyone thinks leadership when they think Monty Williams. They think the speech after they ain't no bubble run, right? They think of him talking to DeAndre Ayton during a halftime show, telling him, go, go, get, go get to the level you were at, and then DeAndre Ayton going and getting to that level and closing that game out. That's what they think of, right? Um, so Tyron Lue, good coach, sure. Really good X's and O's guys. But he's definitely not better than, than Monty Williams. Now, don't ask me to provide examples because I could not provide you any examples. I was just about to say that. Because, <laughs> so, like, um, <laughs> you know. I was just about to say because I feel like do you think that you can remember a time where you felt like Monty made some in-game adjustments? Because I don't know if you know, but I've watched the finals run all the time, like all the time when we lost it's in Milwaukee. It's disgusting how much he and does. And it's like, and it's like he literally made no adjustments. And it's just like, I get what you're saying, but like, I got it. Like, I love Monty too, but I'm not going to be blinded and be like, like, yeah, like he's just like the greatest coach. Like he does everything. Like there's specific or like, yeah, there's specific categories that he excels in. And in some, he's not so like he has weaknesses as a coach. So I feel like that's okay to acknowledge and that's okay to say out loud. You know what I mean? Without kind that's of fair. taking away from his weakness. That's fair. I, and and I mean, I, I think it's more more of the fact that Monty Williams, I don't think you see it as much because like for me, one of the biggest adjustments that happens and you can just call it a switch being flipped is the way this team plays defense when it's time to play defense. And that's in the fourth quarter. I mean, you saw that jazz game, right? They were getting right. a cook oh, game. Yeah. They were down 17 points. And then and I said this on our podcast. I said, you know, it's almost like Monty just, you know, he just released, he let everybody off the leash and said, go get them. Now, not necessarily an X's and O's thing, an adjustment thing, but him just being able to say the word go and having the team say, okay, now it's go time. I think that just holds so much more weight. And I mean, given if you trade rosters, right? If you give Ty Lewis roster, it's Ooh, does good he win question. 65 or 66 games. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's tough. But I do understand where you're coming from. Maybe it's the hat though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely the hat. JJ, I wanna I wanna piggyback on what Dan said. If yeah. Tyron Lue is the coach of this Suns team, do we win 65, 64 games? 
like I'm definitely in the camp that Ty Lue's uh, a really good coach, definitely a top five coach in the league. Um, I like he just knows his stuff, and it's crazy how the Lakers didn't hire him and instead went with Frank Vogel. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if if you gave Monty the Clippers and Ty Lue to the the Suns, I think I, I think Ty Lue would definitely. Uh, set an example for this team. I, uh, I think uh, Ty Lue is a pretty good leader. I'm not going to call him like the best leader. Uh, Monty is a guy that walks around with quotables. Everybody knows his story. He has great sayings. He's he's like uh, your favorite uncle and stuff. And and to uh, piggyback on what uh, Dan said, you know, uh, like uh, just when Monty says go, basically all the dogs are off the leash. That's what JaVale says every pregame, dude. So – like, uh, like this team is insane. I don't think a Tyron Luke can really hit a nerve like how Monty can. Like Monty is like yeah. a player's coach. Like he that not necessarily goes down to you know their level, but he understands where they're coming from, where uh, where they most mostly thrive at, and he you know blossoms uh, you know that through his coaching. You know Ty Lue, he's a uh, I think he's a little bit more of an X and O. Uh, sort of guy and I think he learned a lot of that uh, being under David Blatt and watching how LeBron kind of put everything together because I mean that, that's a perfect you know a uh, little recipe to you know get started with as a coach you know you see one of the greatest players of all time uh, just kind of just do a thing and you learn from that and and you learn from other great mentors uh, as well but um, uh, yeah, Randy. Uh, like, I don't know why you use and abuse yourself by rewatching the finals all the time. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. uh, like, I, I did it three times just to ingrain it in my head, and I just like let it go. But um, what uh, what did Monty do uh, after they lost? <laughs> and they went and he went into the locker room and he said, "You made us better." And ever and ever since uh, then, Mon- all I've seen is Monty make adjustments and. He's never necessarily uh, gone back on his word. We've seen different lineups. We've seen uh, just uh, different, uh, uh, just uh, a different mentality going into these games. And uh, like, obviously, this team has something to prove at the end of the day after each game. And we're like the biggest sore losers in the league right now. And like, we're just kind of, <laughs> yeah, we're just kind of going crazy. So uh, you see a lack of adjustments. I think I'm seeing enough and a lot of game planning. Uh, going into each and every game than I did last season, so uh, I agree or disagree. I do see where hey, you're Randy, coming from. Hey, Randy, rewatching that. You said where am I rewatching it at? No, no, no. I was gonna say, Randy. Uh, you know, rewatching it so many times could be could be driving you a little crazy, man. Oh yeah, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. And I, I I I feel it too because I I get triggered randomly. I, I, I always it. Sometimes I why do you gotta do like Ty Lue like that? I, I feel like I have Tourette sometimes because like I'll literally just be minding my own business one day and I'll, I'll think of it and I'm like fuck and I just get pissed and I'm like, <laughs> nothing lead in the finals. Yeah, and then like like I said, it's just like we we gotta call a spade a spade. Like let's call it what it is. Like we lost four straight games. We hadn't lost four straight games all year, and you can't sit up here and like yes, I understand people were hurt and stuff like that, but it's just like. A lot of that was just coaching adjustments. We didn't, we didn't want to build a wall. We kept running two, three. We let Giannis go coast to coast without stopping or at least making him change directions. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like at the end of the day, we got to call a spade a spade. And then there's a couple times this year too where the thing that irritates me the most that he does is that at the end of games, he doesn't call a timeout. Like he lets it – like he tries to let the offense like 
set up with or like he tries to go without a set offense. And I feel like we've lost every single game he's done that. And I don't know yeah. if if that's a good or a bad thing. I kind of disagree with that. I, I mean, we I lost totally one with Jake. We lost the, one with the only game I can think of with that is that uh, the only Jake game I can talking. think of that is the Jazz game. Uh, one of the earlier Jazz games. I think it was uh, the early the third game. game. That's the, th- that was the third yeah, game. Yeah, the third. Yeah, yeah the Jake third Crowder game. lost his mind. Yeah. Yeah. We that's the, the only time I can think of not calling that timeout. Or, like, or I, the ra- I, I the, the one Raptors game we lost. The Raptors. That, that's yeah. fine, but I'll, I'll say this. I think uh, against the Clippers also, the first time. Yeah, but... like, like you said, we'll call a spade a spade, Randy. Like, I, I get that. But at this point, if, if you're doing that, I think you're just nitpicking it because they mm-hmm. lost. They didn't lose very many games. They lost, yeah, like, true. 17 games. True. You know? 16 games or – dude, I don't even know how many games they 18. lost. That's, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, no, it's, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. So, it's like, so okay, they, they've – like, you know, again, I'll, I'll go back to my to what I said earlier is, all right, he didn't make those end-of-the-game adjustments. Let's say Ty Lue does. Do they win 66 instead of 64? It's just – I don't know, man. I, I, there's You say call a spade a spade, I get it, but I call a spade a spade, and I still say Monty Williams is a better coach. I just – I agree disagree on that one. I, I think you have a little bit of post-traumatic stress disorder from watching that finals too many times. We I all watched do. it. We one, all do. I watched it one time, and I don't need to watch it again. I I know what happened. I mean, I have it. I, I have PTSD just from watching it once. So. I still have PTSD from John Paxson. What do you want from me, right? <laughs> right. So, I. X's and O's wise and, and changing things out. Like, you know, the, the things that the Clippers do is they change up their defense a lot. They'll mm-hmm. come down one time, run a zone defense. And then next time they're going, man, they're going man all the way. And then they're going to throw in a matchup zone in there. That is one thing that they do do. And I appreciate that from a coaching standpoint. I did that at the high school level because kids couldn't catch it real quickly. And you know what? It actually works at the professional level every once in a while. I respect what he does, but I just don't even think it comes down to coaching if we do play the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to the Clippers not playing together enough, having their Execution. own continuity. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell and Paul George have played together two games. like, And they're those are heavily dependent guys, which they can do. And Tyron Lue is a coach that I feel can put those guys in places to succeed. I do think he can do that. But I just don't think they have the cohesion to be able to beat this well-oiled machine that is the Phoenix Suns that have organic chemistry from the top to bottom. Two years right. in a row, that they've put in what? Two, three, four different players from last year's squad to this year's squad. They're making trades in season again. And yeah. everybody gets along. You can't and coach you, that. You can't coach that. You, you can't, can't that. you can't not you can't overlook it, excuse me. And we have home field advantage, home court advantage. So you know what? I'm confident with this team. I'm confident in Monty. But if there was a coach in the Western Conference that I was afraid of, it would be Ty Lue. And by the way, we are recording this on what, – what night is this? Wednesday night. We've got the Pelicans and the Spurs going at it right now. It is now back and forth. It is only a six-point game with 4.45 Ooh, oh, to go. Ooh. Pelicans had the ball. Uh, CJ McCollum uh, gets fouled driving to the baseline. I don't know if he's uh, going to the line or not. So that is a close game. So you know what? There's still hope for the ones that wanted to play the Spurs just to beat the Spurs. There's still a little bit of hope there. I still think the Pels pull it off, and the Clippers and Pelicans is an intriguing-ass matchup. Dan, 
How what's your confidence level like? This whole playoff run, starting with game one on Sunday all the way out, what is your confidence level at? You know, I'm, I'm scared to say it, but I'm extremely confident. That That's not who I am. And you can listen to my podcast. You can listen to my <laughs> – I mean, I mean, Justin and Paul always joke that I used to speak losses into existence because back when, when I had season tickets, we'd go to games um, together, and I'd say we'd be up by 15, and then it'd be cut down to 11, and it'd be like, we're going to lose this damn game, aren't we? We, we are. And then they'd lose. Um, you know, that was back 2018 days. But so, you know, having gone through all that and having all that PTSD, when I think about it and I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think there's a team on, on planet Earth that can beat this, this Suns team four or seven times. It scares me to say that because we had John Paxson, because we had Robert Ory, who's since apologized, if you guys haven't caught that, by the way. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Happened. Not over it. Right? Um, you know, not over the kiss of death, right? Uh, you know, not over blowing a 2 nothing lead against Milwaukee last year. It, it, I say it cautiously, but goddamn, this team is so good, man. This you got some wood next to you? Knock it. <laughs> my, my, Thank my, you. My, my bar is made of wood. Um, <laughs> goddamn, dude. I'm, I'm so confident that this team's going to be lifting that trophy at the – at the end of uh, at the end of this playoff run, man, they're going to get 16 more wins. And you know what's crazy? I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think their their biggest challenge is going to be in the finals, and I do think they're going to play Milwaukee again. Wow, yeah, that's One. that's the way it's looking to me. The only team that scares me would definitely be the Nets, just because of their talent. I'm worried of their talent. I don't think that they're going to do it, but we have seen KD do it before. Okay. But, have but we, we though? Have we? Have we? Or has has KD done it with a Warriors team that was a dynasty? When did KD? We've do seen it? we've seen KD win playoff series. Sure, that's a fact. We've seen that's KD fact. win single games. That's a fact. We have seen Kyrie Irving also do it at the highest of level. Um, you know, and I don't want to discount. Have what a what a healthy Goran Dragic looks like. Even a seventy percent Goran Dragic can look like for their bench. I don't want to discount what Patty Mills has done. Uh, apparently, Andre Drummond is looking better than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Which okay, that's fine. I, I'm not really too worried about that. But I I will and, always uh, have a hard time picking against talent like Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Do I think that they will do it? Ultimately, no. I think it does go to the Bucks. But if there's another team I'm afraid of, it's that team. And if that team gets there, we should be worried because they're going to be, what, the seventh seed? And they would have gone through three series not being the home team. Mm. And uh, just to add to that, if KD wore size 12, we would have faced him in the finals last year. So, Fact. Um, so, so he was right there, dude. So Harden doesn't uh, go down with an injury, maybe something yeah. different, but you know, ifs or uh, fifths, that whole thing. Yeah. So, um, like, I don't think this Nets team is going to go particularly far. Um, not to say that the Cavs game wasn't a, a prime example of like how this team operates. It's just the overall lack of chemistry and just mm-hmm. overall body language with this team. Um, like, uh, like this isn't a reflection of KD. KD's been doing his job. He got injured a couple times. He's been doing what he's supposed to be doing. And his teammates have been not on his side. James Harden fished his way out of another team, another situation. And, you know, Kyrie's just being Kyrie. And just, you know, 
just the lack of you know overall execution uh, with this uh, with this or this team and organization. And uh, like, yeah, Katie can carry you, but he can only carry you so far. Correct. Uh, with, I mean, with uh, with Kyrie back and uh, vaccine uh, vaccination stuff not being necessarily a uh, a threatening thing anymore uh, when it comes to just playing games. Uh, like uh, for sure, uh, uh, Kyrie and KD can uh, get a couple of series done, but going against like a healthy Milwaukee team, like I think the Celtics are, might actually uh, beat the Nets in the first round in either six or seven games. Uh, I think I think uh, it's rumored that Robert Williams might come back by game three. Um, wow, that's soon. Yeah, yeah, game three or game four. Uh, but like uh, the Bo- uh, Boston is uh, rolling right now, and I'm not saying they're like the best team in the East, but if we're gonna rank them right now, it's Milwaukee, then it's Boston, then uh, Philly underneath, and th- there's a reason why the Nets are uh, just uh, in the play, and it's just this sure. overall execution this season. So, Randy, what up, Boston and uh, Brooklyn? Who do you got winning that one? Um, I'm not completely sold on, like, I just feel like I have a bias. I'm going to go Brooklyn only because I feel like I get a lot of people, I get a whole lot of people coming at me saying that Jason Tatum is better than Devin Booker. So it's just oh, like man. I built up some some sort of resentment towards Jason Tatum. Even though I like his name. Tatum, Tatum wanted to come here, dude. Tatum wanted yeah. <laughs> to come here to play with Booker. So it's not a reflection oh. against him. It's just Celtics fans are annoying oh. as fuck. So, yeah, Randy, so Randy just triggered me, man. Yeah, they 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 come for me. They be like, "Oh, Jason Tatum is de- better than Devin Booker and all this other stuff, and he should get MVP." And I get it. They they went from 11th to first seed, like that was crazy. You know what I'm saying? But um, I just feel like with the injury to Robert Williams, I feel like, and just even though the elephant in the room, like if we really want to get surgical, like Jalen Brown is so injury prone. It's just like you never really know. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I don't know. I feel like I'll take Brooklyn just because I feel like I don't know if I would want to go up against a pissed off Kyrie and a pissed off Katie. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I don't know if Katie would be pissed off, but I don't know if I really, really want to go against hey, a pissed off Kyrie because he's Ram- deep. Ramadan, Rob- Ramadan Kyrie is, is something else. Oh, my like, God. Need you add that on top? Like, he's already. He was insane Chico. yesterday. He's yeah. already a cheat code, dude, bro. Dude was pissed off because he couldn't drink anything. <laughs> Imagine that for a series, <laughs> guys. What do, you, what do you What do you mean? You know, fasting's easy, right? <laughs> Especially on a flat Earth, it makes it easier. Jesus oh yeah, freaking KOC, <laughs> KOC man. I'm not the well. Fan. I want I want to trigger Dan a little bit more, and I'm just going to pose this question. I'm going to take my announcer hat off. I'm going to put my conversation sense hat on. <laughs> Next year in the off season, if we had an opportunity to do to do this one for one straight up, are you trading Mikel Bridges for Jason Tatum? Absolutely no. not. No, absolutely not. Why? Why would I break up a championship team? Listen, here, here's you guys. I, I've had very, I've had many Jason Tatum rants. I feel like Jason Tatum is one of the most overrated players in the NBA, and I, I and I, I hate Bill Simmons for it because I feel like he he's oh, like oh yeah right yeah and yeah. and guys, I don't know if you guys knew this, but he's still only 19 years old. Right? Because that's what everybody says. Oh, he's only 19. He's only that was like the whole damn argument. He is not better than Devin Booker. Okay. He's just not. Stop it. You know, get some help. Like the Michael Jordan being said. Stop it. Get help. He's not better than Devin Booker. Listen, Jason Tatum is a good player. He's a really, really, really good player. He should not even be in the same breath as Devin Booker right now. He just really shouldn't. 
people want to talk about his defense, guess what? Devin Booker is the top-rated defensive two-guard in the league. Yep. So, you top know. Three. Let's, he's not three or two. <laughs> and and you know, and his and his weak side weak side defense it has been impeccable ever since Chris Paul started uh, getting in his ear about playing defense. His not, weak side defense is underrated as all hell. Absolutely, and not to mention that Jason Tatum's decision making is fun. Is it's he's, he's almost his his basketball IQ is not there because he does the dumbest shit sometimes. You know, yeah, going yeah. going back to dribbling out the shot clock and then taking like a twenty footer. You know, and just as ah, dude, it. You remember that time? This is when ah. I knew that his his IQ was a little like yo, but like you remember that time <laughs> in the <laughs> you remember that time in the bubble when he like when it was him when it was Celtics versus the Heat and like it was last. Oh, I know what you were talking about. <laughs> he oh, tried to yank. He tried to throw it in on Bam. I was like, yo, he's on a different type of time. <laughs> like yo, <laughs> like why is that your go to like game on the line? Like I'm about to yam it in on Bam. Like yo. This boy is crazy. He's like, and you know, what, you know what's crazy is I, I've seen it like I mean twice, and I'll go back to last season. I think this was last season. It was like the first game of the year, and they were playing like I think they were playing the Bucks, and like Giannis missed like a free throw, and then like he got an inbound pass and threw like this crazy three that literally hit the exact spot of the backboard where it could poss- only possibly go into the basket. And then everybody was like, oh, my God, Clutch Tatum. He's Mr. Clutch. I'm like, dude, he missed by, like, six feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But physics, you know, physics right. is physics. So it hit the perfect spot for it to somehow go in. And then, you know, everybody was pumping their chest. Oh, Tatum this, Tatum that. Yeah. Dude, I – oh, man. That, yeah, no, nah, they, they not, come not, off not, not a lot. Not a lot. Well, actually, a lot triggers me. But let's let's be real. But <laughs> that that is, a, that is a tough one, man. The whole – Tatum's better than Booker. Oh, I just yeah. What about yeah. the Donovan Mitchell? Because we got that for a while, and then now I feel like Booker is just that's not even a question anymore. Yeah, yeah. but that's just, yeah. That's just dumb. Like now, now, like, yeah. I was about to say now, now it's it's more of a John Morant because when I posted the Grizzlies, like literally everybody was like, "Yo, the Grizzlies, John Morant." Like, like I didn't know when this happened. I don't know if like maybe on Twitter if they be talking about it, but like when did John Morant leapfrog Devin Booker? Like it was like. This That's season, like, because <laughs> like, at least Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell, it was a conversation, and then now it's at a yeah. point where John Morant has just like transcended Devin Booker. Was just like, don't even like. It's like, yo, when did this happen? I mean, don't get me started on you know Triple J too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's another conversation that really triggers me, man. Oh, Triple J is better than DeAndre Ayton, and Suns fans say that. Suns fans have said that. That's interesting. That's super interesting. Well, we're gonna get uh, Triple Pelican's J on on yep on Triple J on Brandon Ingram on Friday night. That's gonna be a hell of a matchup. We're gonna see right I there. I might actually Pal- watch that game. Valanchunas against Zubats, uh, CJ McCollum versus Paul George. Oh, did they close it out? They closed yeah, 113-103. Uh, CJ McCollum had 32 points on 12 of 23 shooting. Valanchunas <laughs> had 22 and 14. Brandon Ingram had 27. And Alvarado off the bench, the little scrappy mofo, got 12 as well. Here's the reason they lost, though. DeJounte Murray, 16 points on 5 of 19 shooting. Five, uh, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. 
Mitchell the only score on that team. Keldon Johnson went six for 20, 0 for five from three. Uh, the yeah. team as a whole uh, shot 38% from three. And I had it right here. 53 to 34 rebounding Pelicans <laughs> over the Spurs 53 to 34. So there you go. Rebounding is going to be a huge key on Friday night when the Clippers meet the Pels to find out who we finally play. Isn't it <laughs> awesome to be the number one seed, the best team in the NBA. And we have no idea who the hell we're playing until two days before our matchup. Make that make sense. <laughs> you know why though? Cause it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your name. We're gonna whoop any. We're gonna whoop either one of their assets. So yeah, hey, that's um, true. I actually have a question for all you guys. Uh, I heard this today uh, from just a random TikToker guy, and he said, uh, <laughs> "Like, like instead of the plan, right? Like, what if uh, the top uh, three seeds in each conference get to pick their first opponent in the first round?" Mm, that'd Let's be interesting. Go. <laughs> Top because three. I don't know about top three. Maybe the one, maybe the one in two seed. I like we can do top two, but I, like uh, like I'm just saying like like if you pick a team or right, like let's say the Suns pick you know like uh, the Spurs or whatever just because or the Clippers fuck the Clippers you know, like if we uh, pick the Clippers it creates like uh like just anger with within that organization like oh they're picking us because they think they can be this it causes all this tension so right from game one it, like it's all that anger and all this chippiness and stuff and hopefully scott foster isn't officiating that game you know it just causes like this whole <laughs> just this whole thing i, I like i think that would be a, a lot what, better what they should do what they should do is it should be they should erase conferences altogether and it should be one through 16, and the number one plays the number 16 seed. It's the number 16 seed. So we would have played in this scenario. Well, technically, the Knicks and the Pelicans would have made the would have made the playoffs, and the Wizards and Spurs would have been the first two out in that scenario, by the way. So we would have played the Wizards in that scenario. Ugh. Beautiful. Talk about a favorable matchup, but that's with the 20. So if you do 16, that would have been the Charlotte Hornets and the Clippers would have been the first team out as a 17th seed for what it's worth. Oh, wow. So we would have played the Hornets and then the number two seed it would be the Grizzlies Hawks. We would see the Heat versus the Cavs, the Warriors versus the Nets, by the way. Ooh. Mavericks Ooh, and this, Bulls. This already sounds so much better. Mavericks yeah. and Bulls, Celtics like and Wolves, Bucks and Nuggets. Idea. Uh, and Jazz and Raptors and 76. Yeah, I, that would have been I, way more fun. Yeah, I, I would I would pick the Hawks to beat the Grizzlies, by the way. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just going off of, you know, bias, you know, because not a fan. Yeah, yeah no, I think I we, think yeah, I think that the Grizzlies have a lot of flaws, but nobody wants to talk about that. They do. I think they're going to beat Minnesota, but I think we'll uh, I guess it. I, I'm guess questioning that series now. I'm questioning it. You are? No. Yeah. Here, I, I, think a, the, I think the Wolves might pull it out in seven. Oof. Here's the thing about the about the Grizzlies, man. Um, the playoffs is a half court. It's a half court game in the playoffs. And Thank you. They they don't they don't play a good half court game. They rely on going up and down and fast breaks and the reason jaw has so many crazy ass highlight dunks that are unbelievable 
fast is break. because they're on a fast break. Mm-hmm. And that just that's not the game. And people will say, oh, well, you're a hater. No, man, go look at the seven seconds or less sons. That that haunted them too because a lot of that was – they were running gun as well. And in the playoffs, man, when it came to executing on, within a 24-second shot clock and the half court – Sometimes it just didn't work out, and I don't think they don't have the shot creators that you know the Suns have with you know Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton can create his own shot campaign you know, as well. Campaign, um, they don't have that, and and the you know the Grizzlies, who's going to do it? John Moran. So you sag off of him, and he can't shoot. I mean, he's gotten better, but he can't shoot. So what are we going to you know? What's he going to do? Like it's just going to become a. a Let's hope and pray these threes come in. Like, yep. come on, man. So, I mean, so if we do play, I mean, everybody thinks we're going to play the Grizzlies and they're going to steamroll. Who would you put McHale on? Would you put McHale on a guy like Desmond Bain? Would you put him on Dylan Brooks? Would you put him on Ja Morant? Who do you put, put McHale on? on? I put him on Ja. Put him on Ja. Okay. Yeah. Booker can co- uh, cover uh, uh, Dylan Brooks. Uh, nah, put Jay Crowder on him. Jay Crowder oh. to rough him the whole time. Absolutely. Nah, Jay, that's what Jay Crowder has to guard a uh, triple J. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Steven Adams is in the lineup. Yeah. Yep. So DA, and, uh, Steven, then uh, Triple yeah. J, uh, Jay. Uh, yeah, but I'm not worried about them because I feel like Triple J, like, he kind of spreads the floor to let Steven Adams kind of do his thing, and he shoots like 32% from three. So it's just like, yeah. I'm not really, like, Jay Crowder, he can go there or either one. So it doesn't really matter. To me personally, but True. but you, I think you I mean, hit it right on the nail, man. Like they don't, they they a lot of their points come in transition. The half court gaming, like you know, what I'm saying in the playoffs is is a thing. And then on top of that, we don't make a lot of mistakes. So it's like every time we get a shot, every time we, you know, what I'm saying come down, like we're gonna get a good look. So it's just like like you're not gonna be able to like just oh they took a bad shot, so let's grab it off the rim and throw it down. Like that's not gonna happen. Yeah, and I don't I don't have the numbers because I'm not one of those advanced stats guys you know um but and i actually don't even know how to look this up but i would think just from like what i remember is the suns are really good in transition defense mm-hmm. so yeah, i don't know we yeah we don't let a lot of fast uh fast break points go uh, like I've yeah so I don't, after a while and then you got to worry about the devin booker chase down block so <laughs> That scares oh, uh, me every time. Uh, but to, every time. But to add to uh, your point, Randy, it's it, like what Ahmet has been uh, preaching all year is margin of error. Uh, shout out to Ahmet, wish you were here, man. Uh, is the margin of error between teams and in, uh, in every game? You know, the Suns' margin of error, like we can fuck up a lot and still pull out a win. I mean, that Utah game, uh, that recent game, yeah, you can put to it. We were like, man. we were dog shit until. Uh, the fourth quarter with five minutes left, and we turned it on, and we cut that lead, and we won by double digits. Uh, did we win by double digits? I, I know. Uh, we won by like six, but it's it's funny you say that because you know Friday was when me and Flex got our got our podcast going going up again, and he called me and he's pissed off, and I'm pissed off, and he's like, you know what, man, I'm gonna start setting up. Let's uh, let's start 15 minutes because this game's pissing me off. And then they started making the run, and we had to postpone it by like 30 minutes because we're like. They're gonna pull this out somehow. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, hold Devin, uh, Donovan Mitchell to zero points in the fourth quarter. You know, just beautiful man. Defensive the player of the year, man. Nutshell. Remember that time he held? Remember that time he held like Steph Curry to something similar? Like, but nah, like, I mean, that, Steph- that was just a bad shooting night. 
No. You think so? <laughs> of course he held him to zero. Dude, uh, that's What was it, like 6 of 25 or something? Yeah, it was so something bad. nuts. That gets me nuts. so mad. I swear, Steph Curry, get, I, I am not a Steph Curry fan at all, man. At all. I hey, personally who think are you a fan of? It's a <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm sorry, like Steph Curry, I haven't, you know, because before LeBron went to the Lakers, he was my favorite player. Um, him and Devin Booker. Um, yeah, now yeah. LeBron is, is dead to me, so there's that. Yeah. But you know, he was. He, I don't know, man. I just, I've always said that Curry's the biggest douche in the league. He's just he just is. His shimmy, his dancing, the mouth guard thing. I just I don't yeah. like. Well, they need to be humbled. He yes. Gets, he gets such a pass, and it pisses me off because when Mikel had that great game against them, all the all the talk in the world the next day was, oh, well, it's about your shooting night. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. And he literally had the same night like a week later. And they're like, yeah. oh, he's just in a funk. And then when Christmas came around, he was still kind of ass. And they're yeah. like, well, like, you know, it's like. <laughs> Dan, Whatever. do you think Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time? Yeah, he is the greatest shooter of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Randy? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yes. Because he can do it all. He can do it off the screen. He can do it off, uh, off the ball. He can do it on the ball. He could. You know what I'm saying? Get a little bit of space. So I feel like just how he can do everything at an elite level, like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. insane, man. I mean, I, I, before that, I would have said Ray Allen, but. Yep, it, me mean, too. Steph Curry's unbelievable. Okay, Ridiculous. but. I hate him. I, no, I, it's I the point like, with Curry that you can't argue with because he's yeah, broken I his Nash. own record I so many times. I would have so. went Nash for number two because I feel like Ew, Nash I like is underrated. I like that. Nash is super underrated. I feel like Nash is, people just forget about Nash. Like I'll take it a bullet for Nash, enough, but, man. That's why. But yeah, but like his just like the jumpers and just like I just miss it so much because it wouldn't even hit the rim. So it's just like, bro, like his jumper is so water. Like perfect, it's ridiculous. Form right before his free throws every time. Who didn't love seeing that? Oh, right. What that ninety-seven percent um, free throw shooter. No, no, I mean, now that we're talking shooters, I, I feel like I got to throw mine. I mean, I don't want to say it's Curry because I feel like I would still take Ray Allen. But, you know, I'll, Curry, fine. Curry, sure. Ray Allen. For me, Reggie Miller is number three. Number four, I'm going to go with Peja Stojakovic. Dude, Peja uh, so good. <laughs> number five, I really want to put Dirk there. I really Ooh. want to put Dirk there, but I don't know if I can. He's the greatest shooting big man of all time. I give you that. He, he, I, thought he's, he's I, hell, I thought that was Ken. but <laughs> but I, but I, as far as percentages man i i'm not going to ignore steve nash there those percentages were just stupid Ridiculous. stupid good but i mean 0.8 seconds left you need a 3 to tie or win you know i i would give the ball in the hands of reggie miller anytime anything under a second when you needed a three to tie or keep going, like, man, Dan, do you remember Reggie back in the day? I do. Man. Holy I hell. Do. Oh I my do. God. Absolutely. Like I still have yet to see somebody do buzzer beaters like that. I don't know if that. I'm missing somebody. I mean, a couple, Steph's had some LeBron's had some, I mean, I, I, nothing like Reggie though. Right. Yeah, he, had, like he, had that, he had that one against the Bulls, right? That mm -hmm. was just insane. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he would always kill the Knicks. And down, down six, make a three, get a steal, make a dude, three, tie yeah. game all of a sudden. With the choke. One of my favorite highlights. Choke. That come up. <laughs> Great, dude. 
What, what was the Re- Reggie time? Anybody that doesn't know that we're talking about 30 for 30 ESPN has, I think it's Reggie time. Yeah. It's Miller, 30 time. For 30. It Miller, Miller time. It's Miller, Miller time. time. Right. Yeah. Miller, Miller time. Yeah. Reggie Miller, Miller time. Watch that. Very it's, dark. I think it's, you know, close to an hour long, but man, that was a lot of fun. I have a hard time ever picking anybody else other than Reggie for a clutch hey, shot. Hey, Who do you go with Dan? Hey, I mean, he, I, what's your top Reggie, five, Dan? My top five shooters of all time. I got to go yeah. Steph. Yeah. I gotta go Steph, Ray Allen. Um, I got I gotta throw Steve Nash in there. <clears throat> Steph, Ray Allen, Steve Nash, Reggie Miller. I didn't and, bring uh, up play. Uh, I had Peja and I had oh Reggie in my in mine. Um, damn. I feel like we're missing. Some, I mean, Larry Bird, obviously, you could throw out there. Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver was good. He was good for his time. Not JJ, not JJ Riddick. He was pretty good though. JJ Riddick was good. I mean, I. I, I was pretty good. John Paxson. Oh God. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't no. want to put. I, don't, I really don't want to put Clay in there, but Clay's a great shooter too. But yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, John yeah. Suggs says Curry, Ray Allen, Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, Clay Thompson, Kyle Korver. That's. I mean. I don't know if there's a there's a bad answer there, really. I mean, it's preference I, I, at the end of the day. You know? Yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of want to go back to your you know 0.8 seconds left. Who you give the ball to? Um, All time. You have to get a three to tie the game, or you lose. Fabio says Alfred Payton. How did we, how did we forget? <laughs> <Hell. laughs> how did that? Did, did you guys talk about that? Like, how do we let go, Frank? But keep Elfin like make injury. that make sense. Oh, I want I want to I want to go back to, to to that question with uh with Randy, but uh I, I'm I think I'm gonna go Ray Allen, man. Point eight seconds left on the clock. Need a three. All time player Ray, ever. Ray, Ray, Ray Allen. Ray Allen's Bosh tips it to Allen. Dude, people were walking out. I felt like I didn't feel bad. I mean, God damn, dude. God, you know, man, I hate to say it. You know, there's another guy that I've you seen. could throw in there would be <coughs> Robert Ory. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I'm talking. I did. I did. Was I, know. I mean, I I did, you know what? Let's just throw Mario Elliott in there while we're at it. Right. Sean Elliott. <laughs> Sean Elliott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, I'll, look, man. Clutch, clutch wise, I'll say, you know. I'll say Ray Allen, Richie Miller for a second. Um, I am. I, I'm not putting Curry in the clutch. He's terrible. You got to put in the clutch. I, I think MJ MJ would have been my number two for me. And I mean, you could you could. I mean, if we're talking about clutch shots, you can do MJ, Kobe, LeBron. No hell no, I'm not throwing LeBron. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing LeBron. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. I'm sorry, Jay. Well, statistically, LeBron's <laughs> yes, this, 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 <laughs> so. it's fine. You can be wrong, Randy. It's fine. But it's, statistically, it's cool. he's, he's, statistically, he's one of the best clutch players of all shooters of all time in the clutch. Um, you know, as as a Laker now, it, it pains me to say it, but you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I'm not even putting Curry in the top five as far as clutch goes, man. He's been, no, oh, like not. I said, he's awful. Yeah, at one point during the finals, they put up a they put up a stat that said he was over twenty. When they were either tied or down, and he shot a shot in like in the last thirty seconds, it was not crazy. Yeah, he's not that guy. He's not. It's that funny because he made me. He made me <laughs> some money last year, man. I, I bet. I bet that Steph Curry couldn't carry the Warriors to the playoffs last year, and I actually won some bread off that. And I was just like, he's not that guy. 
He's just not there. You gotta, you gotta, Neither you is think, Kelly you gotta, thank, you, you gotta thank the uh, you gotta thank the Memphis Grizzlies for that one, man. Yeah, that's true. And one game to get his, in, one game to get in, and you can't win. Like, and, and you're the greatest still, shooter ever. And he still finished top three in MVP. Just gonna say that, man. Right? Just gonna. Chris Paul finished. That was. What did Chris Paul finish last year? Because I was like, if D Book can't even get it, but Chris Paul got it last year. And he like all right, Chris Paul. I think D Book's gonna finish fourth. Yeah, yeah. You Chris think Paul so? finished fifth last year. I think D Book's gonna finish fourth. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't like if he was like eight or something. Uh, that uh, I think I'd write it. I don't know, man, because I feel like we just ignore the disrespect that Book constantly gets. Like we put out the Lakers, he dropped forty seven. Chris Baines is asking about a double team in the summer. Like that's where we are. You know what I mean? Like. We got to call a spade a spade. It's just like we just yeah. constantly I feel disrespect. You. Trust me, man. I feel, I'm, 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 leading, I'm banging the drum for that all the time, man. I hate the disrespect. And you know what pisses me off is when I say it on Twitter, Suns fans will be like, you know, because when we talk about the winning stuff and, you know, I say, no, don't credit him because he didn't win. Um, <laughs> all right, John, I got you. Um, so... You know, he didn't win. And then when I say that about certain players, people are like, oh, well, that's the same argument we were making for Brooke, for Book. And I'm like, okay, then, yeah, keep that same energy. Like, I'm not just because we had to go through it doesn't mean you're exempt. Hell no. If Book can right. get it, this player's not getting it either. Like, I'm not going there, man. I don't know why people like to do that. Everybody wants to sing Kumbaya and say, hey, no, let them in because, hey, we went through the same thing. No, hell no, dude. Like, if we had to suffer, they have to suffer too. Sorry. It's petty. Hell yeah. But – you know, that's me. Everybody we went suffered, to dig it. You know, it, it has to make its rounds, man. So. <clears throat> yeah. We win 17 games. They're talking about how Devin Booker's arguing with a Raptor at the free throw line. So it's just like, we got, so it's just like, or I don't understand, like, why do we, yeah, like, fucking practice. why do we get surprised when we don't, you know what I mean? So I just feel like that's where so I'm yeah, at. Yeah, just, just to say, I'm, I'm just to the point where I assume it's going to come. And you know what? I'm not tweeting anybody. I, I've, Dan, I've talked to you offline a couple times about this too. I'm not tweeting anybody during this playoffs. I'm not responding to anything. I am bookmarking every goddamn thing though. So at the end of the season, it's on. That's what I'm doing. That that's my whole goal for this uh 2022 uh playoffs thing. But I I, I do want to talk about Frank the Tank and and how much we all already miss him and how He's kind of a part of us, and now that part of us is gone. And unfortunately, we have to watch Alfred Payton. At least he has a haircut, so it's a little bit more tolerable. But, Dan, give me your thoughts real quick on Frank the Tank being gone. Do you think he'll come back next year? Do you expect him to come back, and this is just an injury thing? What do you think? I do. I expect him. And I joked about this on our pod. I said, um, I feel like Frank Kaminsky's going to be the son's version of Udonis Haslam. He's going to give him a veteran minimum deal until he's like, I'm done. Um, I think he will be back next year. He's a perfect that. fit, man. He's a good locker room guy. He, um, you know, as far as play goes, yeah. this year he was, I feel like he was on his way to a really good season. He had 31 um, points in a game. Yeah, man. And, and it was, you know, his story, how he said, you know, he went to Monty and he said, hey, man, I, I don't want to just be another bench guy that's, you know, hitting at the, buried at the end of the bench. I, I want to be something. And Monty's like, all right, I'll get you there. And it almost felt like it was going that way. Unfortunately, he had the, the, the stress reaction fracture yep. or whatever that was called. Um, and it, it never came to fruition. And, you know, people are upset because they, they want Alfred Payton out, right? Um, and 
I totally understand that. Uh, Alfred Payton has not been good. He's been ass, as you know, could say it. He's been the worst player on the roster. He has. He has. Um, but he's also available. He's a body that can play. Now, do, you, do we want him to play? Probably not. If he's playing in the playoffs, we're in some trouble, unless it's mop up time, right? Um, but I feel like people don't understand is, you know, Monty Williams is a good, very good basketball coach, but he's, pro- he's, he's probably an even better man and mentor. So I always think of things, okay, what is he going through? Maybe Alfred Payton's going through something that we don't know about. He could be having something very difficult off the court. You know, you never know what people are going through. And could something be going on to where Monty's like, I need to keep this kid close because I don't want him to feel alone. Now, some would say, well, you're going to put that in front of the team's needs. Guys, Frank Kaminsky. Frank, Frank wasn't going to play. He wasn't. He's not going to play the rest of the season. So what is the – other than people not wanting to see Alfred Payton play, you know, what's the, you know, what's the down the, – the, you know, the, the, the downside of keeping Alfred, especially if maybe he's going through something we don't know. And honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he is or not. For all I know, he could be perfectly fine. But I always tell, you know, I always try and think of things from different angles. And I'm like, maybe he's going through some shit. And Monty's like, you know what, man? He's like, I, I, I got you. Doesn't mean that, you know, doesn't mean he's going to play in the playoffs, but being around a team and being around a group of guys that are so, you know, close knit, maybe that's just what he needs right now. Just something I and, thought about. And I, like I kind of look at last year's squad. Who was their number 15 guy on the bench? Tyshawn Alexander, right? So yeah. did he see a lick of playing time? Nope. I wouldn't expect him to, even if I'm I'm not I'm not gonna speculate or say anything on injuries. If he has to play, I you know, if if one of the guys in front of them goes down, suspended, two technicals, or whatever it may be, I would still expect like campaign and Aaron Holiday to carry the load, or Chris Paul and Aaron Holiday to carry the load, or some sort of combination. So I'm not too worried about that. And we would see more point book, too, if we had to. We would go with point book and wings as opposed to letting Alfred play. <laughs> so hopefully hopefully, Monty learned this. Uh, John has another question. In your honest opinion, is it Booker or Bridges the reason for the Sun's success? I know Booker has put the points up, but Bridges has played a huge role. What do you think, Dan? I mean, I think, obviously, Devin Booker's the MVP of his team, but... Um, I'll go one further and say that Mikael Bridges is the defensive MVP of this team. So, you know, if you're going to pick one, I'm going to, I'm still going to pick Devin Booker um, because he, he brings it all and not to mention his leadership, but Mikael Bridges can't go unnoticed. He guards the best guy on the other team every single night. Uh-huh. Um, never complains. He has the most, I saw this the other day. He has the most travel distance in an NBA game. In the league, so like, no, wow. nobody, nobody yeah. covers more distance. In the, and I forgot, there's like a, they put a mileage on it, and I I, I should have written it down, but I don't. It's know like a it mile was, and a half. It's like a mile thirty, uh, something. Uh, like, a a, a game, right? It's cra- It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's a game. Yeah. It's, it's, he's like a free safety out there, y'all. Yeah and, yeah, and he and you know he's goofy as all hell. Provides great entertainment and never complains. I mean. Think about how cheap Mikel Bridges is going to be for the next four years, right? $90 million. Really? Yeah. 
we I mean, only twenty five years old. Skill, dude. Yeah, I feel like to answer that question, I'm gonna go kind of, I guess, off the rails. But um, I don't want to trigger Coach. You know what I'm saying? But with the Aiden world, but I think Aiden. I'm gonna go DeAndre Aiden. I think that he's the most. And the only reason I'm gonna say that is because I feel like yes, we won a lot without him. But I feel like in those games, like those games were a lot closer than when he plays. You know what I mean? Like those games are like 10 point wins opposed to like when he's not there, then, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like just imagine just for a hot second, imagine if we had to run out with JaVale McGee and Biz McNamble as our starting center or like starting and backup centers. And we didn't have Aiden. Like, I feel like Aiden does so much that goes under the radar and I'm not trying to pump him up because, like I said, I still don't think he's a max guy. But he does so much stuff like he allows Mikhail to be great. You know what I'm saying? Because in those stretches yeah. when in, in the stretches when uh, Aiden was out, like Mikhail was struggling a little bit on defense because he would kind of send people to the paint, and then like Javale McGee just or Bismack or whoever was down there just didn't have it like that, or like they just weren't like connected like that. So I feel like Aiden definitely cleans up a lot of mistakes, and then his switchability, like in the playoffs, in the sense of he can go out and go guard guards and just. I, but I feel like he doesn't get the, the credit or whatever, but I think, like, in the grand scheme of things, I think Aiden. But that's just that's Okay, just well, I, 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 I kind of had, had, had a question regarding Aiden and whatnot. I had a little bit of a debate with a friend today about who the most important player was on the Suns. You could say Book. You could say Aiden. You could say Chris Paul is the most important player. So with that question in mind, do you think we can win a series in the playoffs – for one, if Devin Booker didn't play, or if Chris Paul didn't play, or if DeAndre Ayton didn't play, does that um, make sense? A question. Does that make yeah. sense? A question that I'm asking. So like, which one yeah. can we win a series without? Correct. Um, I think that we could win a series, and I feel like it's kind of been proven a little bit. I think we can win a series without Chris Paul because I think um, that Clippers series he didn't come back yeah. until like what game four. Or something like that. So it was just like we kind of won that one out. We literally won the Laker one without. Uh, uh, we won the Lakers series without him, even though a lot of people don't. All the Laker fans, they'd be like, "Oh, which, uh, what ain't?" But, anyways, but um, yeah, we couldn't beat Giannis without him. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we can win. But without Aiden, I feel like, like I said, I feel like he cleans up a lot of mistakes and does a lot of other stuff. And then he actually won me some money too because last year I bet that um, I bet my I think it was my cousin I bet him that like Nikola Jokic wasn't going to score more than twenty points in three games, and he only scored twenty two points in one game. So yeah, you know what I mean. And I feel like when yeah, and that's your reigning MVP right there. So it's just like if that's if that's not saying enough, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what to tell you at this point. What do you think, Dan? Um, I. I- I like what Reddy said. I think, like you said, I think Chris Paul, I mean, it was kind of proven last, I mean, they won half a series basically without him. Right. Right. Uh, They won those first two games. um, And then, you know, game three and four, you know, they won game four and you know, you guys know how that went. Yeah. Uh, Then he got hit with COVID. I think if books out, I think if books out, we might be able to win the first round. Um, I don't know anything past that, man. Also, cr- fingers crossed, right? That nothing bad happens to book. Um, DA, man, DA is interesting because, you know, going back to what Randy was saying earlier about, you know, people saying that, you know, they, you know, Jabelle and 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 Bismack can can kind of fill in for him. 
it's crazy how many people on Sense Twitter, and you know, there's the people, there's people on Sense Sense Twitter that would rather see AD fail than Sense win a championship, and it's it's, it's it's ridiculous. It is what it for is. the record. I am not one of those people I like <laughs> because he played at the University of Arizona. Get over it, people. It doesn't mean I want the man to fail. It just means I want University of Arizona to fail more than anything. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, so you know, there's those people. Uh, but but with Aiden, I think people really because people say, "Oh, Aiden can't get a block in five games, but Javale can get five in one game." Look, man, Javale takes a lot. Javale takes a ton of risks, and Javale fouls a lot. Okay? <laughs> he a he lot. wastes more energy than any other player I've ever seen. And I love Javale as a backup. If Javale was our starting center, we would be so screwed. <laughs> we would be so screwed. Yep, F- Fabio said it perfectly right there. Exactly. Absolutely. Good. And yeah, AD too. He, he does pretty AD. good on AD. Yeah, he does good. He Who? does good on AD too. <laughs> Street, Street clothes. Anthony <laughs> David Davis. Um, so yeah, man. I, I DA is the key to me. If DA plays like DA played last season in the playoffs, nobody's touching us, dude. It's not even gonna be close. It's gonna be a boat race. It just is. And, and, if, can, and if he can reach another level, because his offense this yeah. year has been. He's he's had so dude his offense has, and people don't give him credit for this has evolved so much. That little mid range jumper he has is automatic. That little jump yeah. hook he has is automatic. One foot in the paint is money. It is money, <laughs> and people don't so, understand this, but people want him to dunk more. Okay, fine. You want no fucking dunks, whatever. I don't I don't give a shit. Two points is two points, right? But his ability on the fast break to just stop and get that little floater in. And he moves in. so good as a big man, dude. He you know, so you know good. how many charges he's not, he's avoiding by doing that? Do people not yeah. see that? Yeah. Doesn't just, get in foul trouble a lot either. He doesn't so get like, in foul trouble a lot. It's, and, it's like you when know, you really unless, sit down and look at DA, it's like I, you have like a damn, like damn, like he might be, but it's like I don't know about giving him. He's a top no. five center. He's a top <laughs> yeah. five center. I mean, he's top three. Excuse top you, three. top three. Absolutely. Okay. Yo- Yo- Jokic and B, DA. Where are you putting Giannis? A power yeah, forward? I'm not. Oh, he's a power forward. He's, he's a power forward. Oh, okay. I, I, I always throw him in the center. Okay, then top three then. Yeah. No, Brooke Lopez plays play center for them. <laughs> um, You know who Aiton used to make me or make uh, remind me of was Alonzo Mourning, like uh, kind of beginning of last year and the year before that yeah. kind of bubble-ish. Reminded me of that, and then how his game has evolved. He now around the paint, around the rim. Uh, uh, he reminds me of a poor man's Tim Duncan, and then he has an automatic jumper, which he already had in Arizona. He lost it for three years, and then magically it's back all of a sudden. And now he has a hook shot. But the whole thing about the dunking, I just came to the realization that who who was Monty an assistant coach under for so many years and worked with Tim Duncan. Tim, Tim Duncan. Was Tim Duncan the high flyer guy, you know, that only played good for eight seasons and then hurt something? No, he played for 15, 16, 17, 18 seasons below the rim as a seven footer. He found touch off the glass, which is something I would love to see DA, by the way. Imagine him him 17, 15 to 17 feet out on the on the wings using the glass. It'd be over. Yeah. Once that bank is open for DA, oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and he used to piss me. He used to piss me off when Duncan did it. I'm like, God damn it, stop using the glass. 
Mm-hmm. But you look now, yeah, like you look back now, you're like, dude, he was so oh, fucking yeah. good. And and so, uh, is that not the DeAndre Ayton mold right there, you guys? Like, yeah. don't do you not see a little bit of Tim Duncan and DeAndre Ayton now? The way he I, I moves get... just a little bit. He's a little more quicker. He's got a little more pep to his step than than Tim Duncan's bad knees. That's for damn sure. I gotta Jimmy go. Jones, I got the 2013 Spurs. Yeah, I gotta disagree. I gotta go with uh, he's definitely a Dollar Tree. David Robinson, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think that, but no, I feel like his, his ceiling is definitely David Robinson. I feel like just the body type, they can oh, both move. Man. David Robinson can shoot the mini. I think that he's underrated too. And True. I feel like, I feel like I see more David Robinson than Tim Duncan. Cause I feel like, I do think that DeAndre Aiden does have like a lot of fundamentals, but I feel like Tim Hardaway's fundamentals is like literally just all his game. And I feel like I see more, a little bit more finesse. I feel, I, I don't know. I feel like I see a little bit more creativity with DA than I do with, you know what I'm saying? With Tim oh, Duncan. Sure, Tim Duncan sure, was just sure, like straight sure. box. This is how to, I'm going to do this and it's going to go up like that. And it's, I feel like, like I said, I feel like I see more David Robinson. But I, in I, but I feel like his great mindset is very Tim Duncan-esque then. Let, let okay. me rephrase it that I way. I Just the below, just below the rim, makes making smart decisions, not going to commit uh, uh, charges like he used to. He still has got stone hands. That's that's a whole different thing. Dan, what what do you think? Uh, Alonzo Mourning, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Sam Perkins? I don't know. God. <laughs> that, I was trying to think of the most obscure centered name, and now I just thought of Rick Smiths, and I wish I said Rick Smiths now. Oh, Rick Smiths. Hey, Goskis. Oh, Goskis. Oh. Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen. Caveman himself. You know, Chris Kamen actually, he, he decided to go back to college. He actually plays for North Carolina. I don't know if you guys saw him. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he didn't. Yes. He slipped on the last play. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, man. I, I look. I, I feel like Tim Duncan. I I get where you're coming from, Coach, but I, I'm. I, I don't. I see, you know, little bits of pieces about it. Yes, with the you know, he's very finesse, which is fine. He does throw it down every once in a while, which is fine. He's not gonna don't overpower hurt your knee. people it's fine. like. He's, yeah, he's not gonna overpower people like Shaq, and doesn't need to like. You know, I'm sorry, Dan Bickley. Like, he's not going to – he just needs to dunk more. Dude, get the fuck over it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. You know, go bother Cliff Kingsbury more. Like, Jesus, dude. Uh, <laughs> dude, like, I, listen, to me, I, I, I would lean more towards towards Randy with David Robinson. I feel like he's got a lot of hakeem in him. I don't know if you guys have seen it, I but you can it. find clips on his YouTube. his footwork. Yes, yeah, he's got great footwork. His his that little baseline turnaround that he has when he gets mm-hmm. the ball, he just turns around and it's just money. There yeah. is, and somebody somebody did it. It was a tweet that I had on my old account before I deleted it. Um, <laughs> it was a side by side of Da doing it and Hakeem doing it, and it was it was it, it's crazy, dude. It's almost identical. It's like when you know uh, they put Kobe next to Devin Booker, and it's it's insane. Now I don't think obviously Da is not there defensively like Hakeem was. Hakeem was a, a monster defensively, generational um, talent. Yes, uh, yeah, unreal. Uh, but you know Da is twenty three years old. Will he ever get there? If he ever does, Jesus, dude, who knows how many championships the Suns would win? Modern but, day Hakeem, and, right? Like, and here we are comparing him to David Robinson. Tim Duncan, who was a center towards the end of his career. Alonzo Mourning. And, and, 
even Alonzo Mourning was the worst one that we mentioned. We're talking arguably all of these guys are top five centers of all time. They're in that conversation. That's what we're talking about with DeAndre Ayton. But I think where a lot of the fans get upset about DeAndre Ayton was the fact that he was a number one pick. I mean, look at Kyler Murray and your expectations with that number one pick. And then you look at what a number one pick is supposed to do for your franchise. You're supposed to go in and, you know, get it close to a a playoff spot within a few years. You're supposed to elevate that team. You know, you have flops and flounders and that stuff happens, but that's what you're supposed to do. So I get it, but he's evolved. He's a different player now. And if you would, if you could take DeAndre Ayton and you could pair him with, we'll say, We'll say Hakeem Olajuwon. Would you rather have DeAndre Ayton go learn everything that Hakeem Olajuwon did, or would you rather DA go learn everything that Ben Wallace had to offer? I'm trying to make a point with his defensive prowess of where he's at right now. Dan, who who would you pick DeAndre Ayton to train with and to pick up their skills? Hakeem. Okay. Not even close. Randy? Yeah, I'm gonna go Hakeem just because I feel like the game is just shifting more, like less defense, more offense. And I feel like if DA something I've seen him do a couple times, like if he can get that like fake handoff taking people off to dribble, like if he can get that right, like I swear to God, like yeah. then he would be a max contract. Like if he can bring it up like Bam and do do that kind of stuff, like Hakeem, like then okay, like it, you can he, give him the max. He, his if he does it in the finals, um. I'm gonna be like Fry, like show and, me, take my money, you know? right? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what's crazy is we've seen DA do it like a handful of times, and we're like, dude, right. please, more of that, more of that, please. And when he does do it, book hypes him the hell up when he does it. Yeah, That's sure what's is. so fun to watch. Uh, we're a little over the hour mark here, so we've got to we got to start winding down. Uh, but Dan, please. Give us your your final thoughts on the Suns matchup on Sunday or the playoffs as a whole. Uh, leave us with leave us with something, please. Um, by the way, Hakeem, two time Defensive Player of the uh, Player of the Year uh, at your next four, so killer, great, probably the top three all time center. But anyways, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I can't wait. Uh, personally, I this week has sucked. Um, we've had to watch the Diamondbacks. Um, they won today. They won yeah. today. They scored three runs. Let's go. When, they when, nobody, when nobody was watching. Because How many times did they beat the Padres? Once. Oh. Once. Yeah. yeah. The first game. On opening, was, day. Was opening day. Yeah, it was yeah. magical. It was a magical opening day. Yeah, it was fantastic. On beer. National Beer Day. Yeah. Beer homered on National Beer Day. Um, so, yeah, man. I, I can't wait. Um, Sunday can't come soon enough. I, I think... Again, um, it scares me to say it. I'm going to knock on wood, but I, I feel like the, everything, especially historically, is lining up for the Suns to just run through the playoffs um, and get to the finals. And then, you know what? I love it! We'll, right? we'll see what happens in the finals. Um, I really think it's a rematch with Giannis. <laughs> and if the first, if the, the two games this season against the, against the uh, uh, Bucks shows you anything i feel like the suns are they're they're ready to go out of them especially that first game when everybody was full straight uh bring them on that that's who i want i want revenge right yes not not as much as as you evan because you know you're like revenge season bring me like the toughest teams i don't i don't just a sicko 
He's a yeah, sicko. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't care how I don't care how we get there. I don't care if we beat the you know if if the Warriors and the Grizzlies lose before you know we and we don't have to play them at all. I don't care about that. I care about when we get to the finals and we face the Bucks. That that's what I want. Yeah, I'm trying Back. to stand on top of some cars on Jefferson. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, I best believe I'm coming. Yeah, back. Hey, right. and and you know Justin, my uh, you know the the my co-host on Fan the Flames. Um, I mean, he's a big asshole for this, but here he wrote a check for me. I have to drink for mm. him with the Aussies because they're coming down for the finals. Mm. So I, I may or may or may not survive until the uh, to the parade. So <laughs> none of us feel bad for you, Dan. You're not going to get any sympathy here for having to drink with them. You just have to prove yourself, and, and you know that's what yeah. you got to do. You, you play it as a game. Yeah. Prove it to them that you can hold the liquor and watch all the way to game seven. And you should document it. Oh, there will be. There will be documentation. I guarantee you. Uh, Dan, thank you again for coming out. Please tell everybody where they can find you and all of your work. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Um, I always love coming on another podcast because it's fun. Uh, Randy, uh, Jay, it was great meeting you guys. You know, it's good banner, Randy. Me and you had a lot of back and forth, man. It was great. I love it. And uh, Evan, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it as well. Uh, myself, you can find me at Dan Duarte One on Twitter. Uh, follow the Coast to Coast Podcast at Coast to Coast Pod One. Uh, follow my podcasting partner, Flex from Jersey. Um, everybody already knows who he is. And oh, then yeah. fanning at Fanning the Flames NBA, and then also at Dervish of World for Paul. And so says Jay for Justin. And go check out those pods, man. Um, we don't. We're very much a uh, hey, guys, just talking ball at the bar. That that's that's our vibe, man. So um, if you guys like that, come check us out. Then uh, yeah, go Suns. Go Suns, absolutely. Randy, tell everybody where they can find you. On YouTube, stay off my grass podcast. On Twitter, off my grass pod, and on TikTok. So <laughs> yeah, that's all we got for right now. And Jay Joyce, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, uh, at Jay Joyce, just take the AZ out. Uh, I talk a lot of shit. Uh, you're going to see my hot takes, and uh, I'm usually getting blocked by a lot of NBA Twitter, so I'm doing all right. So. <laughs> <laughs> and a little tidbit, uh, Jay might be coming out with his little own show coming up. little tease for you there, a little tease. So something new could be coming in the works from the He's on Fire podcast. Uh, everybody, thanks for coming by. We appreciate our special guests coming on. We appreciate everybody listening and tuning in. Please hit the like button. Share this out to everyone. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And audio listeners, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. He's on Fire Podcast. We are days away. We got one more live show tomorrow with the one and only Matthew Lissy from Sun's Jam Session. I will be releasing a video on Friday as well. And unfortunately, I will be out of town down in Zion's enjoying a little bit of a break for myself. But I'll be catching this sun's game but you wanted more content oh don't worry jay joyce you are hosting a twitter spaces after game one of the uh playoffs coming up so we're not gonna have a podcast that night forgive me i apologize but jay's gonna hit up everybody on twitter so join that hopefully i'll be able to attend as well in the meantime sun's fans stay positive for for sake stay positive (laughs) this is a damn good team don't doubt them don't doubt Monty. Don't doubt the clutchness that you've seen. And enjoy the night. He's on Fire Podcast. We'll be back soon. Peace. Thank you, Dan.
All righty. guys. None of them can hang, running with the gang. No need to explain. I pull up and it's They cannot contain me moving through the lane. Every little setback, I step back and then it's None of them can hang, running with the gang. No need to explain. I pull up and it's They cannot contain me moving through the lane. Every little setback, I step back and then it's they tried to put nicks in my armor, but I've been mellow since college. Made this vixen a mama, and I'm still blazing trails.